comes from the shepherd. My name is Joel. Thanks for listening. I pray that this episode in particular can give you hope and peace as we dive into the awe-inspiring good news of the Bible. I'm hoping to make an ongoing series where we will explore the various things that get in the way of the gospel. But before we can do that, we will need to define what is the gospel. So in this pilot episode, let's define what is the gospel of the Christian faith. To first understand this, we need to understand the problem that we have. Each and every one of us has sinned against God. The Bible makes it clear that no one is left out of this. We read this in Romans 3.23, quote, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, end quote. Then we read in Romans 6.23a, quote, The wages of sin is death, end quote. So as you can see, we have a problem and we need a solution to this. This is where the gospel comes in. So what does the word gospel actually mean? In the original Greek, the word is evangelion, which translates to good news. And what is this good news that we are talking about? Well, you can answer the Sunday school answer here. It's Jesus. Remember those two verses that we read earlier? If we continue on with the very next line of both, we hear the gospel, Romans 3, 24. Quote, we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith, end quote. And then we also read in Romans 6, 23b, quote, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, end quote. So to answer the question, the gospel is specifically the redemption that we receive because Jesus Christ took the sin of the whole world upon himself. He died on the cross to pay for those sins and then rose again, repairing our relationship with God. We are now forgiven of all of our sins and get to spend eternity in heaven. So we could just end the episode here, right? Well, not exactly. While this sounds simple, there are a bunch of different Christian denominations with many different views on various topics in the Bible. There are Catholics, Baptists, Lutherans, Methodists, non-denoms, and many more. Even within these, there are breakdowns within each, usually teetering on how traditional or progressive a particular church or person falls. With these different interpretations, how can we be sure that we are talking about the same gospel message? While different denominations can and do debate a plethora of interpretations and different theological topics within the Bible, one thing that we cannot debate is the gospel message. Simply put, if you don't believe in the gospel message, then you are not Christian. There just isn't any way around this. The Bible specifically does not allow for any other interpretation. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The whole chapter is great, but let's look specifically at verses 1 through 19. Paul breaks down the gospel message. Christ died for our sins, was buried, and rose again. The people of Corinth here were specifically having a hard time with the idea of resurrection from the dead. Paul goes through defending this, and in verse 17, he just perfectly sums up the whole crux of the issue. Quote, If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. End quote. And then to really drive home the point, we read at the end of verse 19, quote, We are of all people most to be pitied. End quote. What Paul is saying here is that you need to believe this core gospel message, or we are just believing the wrong thing, and we should be pitied because we are still condemned and are wasting our time. Jesus died for our sins, was buried, and rose again, saving us from our sins. This is the gospel, and this is what we must attach our faith to. Let's examine one more verse because this is also crucial to the gospel. In John 14, Jesus himself breaks down the Holy Trinity. 
Why is this so central to the gospel, you may ask? Well, simply put, it's because Jesus is claiming to be God. If he was not God, then he does not have the power to forgive sins. And once again, we should be pitied because we are still in our sin. The Trinity is a hugely debated topic within various Christian denominations, so this is where things can start to get dicey. I'm not here to judge or point fingers at who truly believes and who doesn't. At the end of the day, God will be the one to judge a person's heart. And you're going to find people from all the different Christian denominations in heaven, because as long as they believe that Jesus died for their sins and was who he claimed to be, then they will be in heaven. But let's get back to John 14, and let's look specifically at verse 6. Quote, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. End quote. Well, there you have it. Jesus is the answer to the problem. The whole Christian faith hinges on him, and more specifically, the historic event of him dying and rising again. If we think that we can save ourselves or play any part in our salvation, we have missed the whole point. It all comes back to Christ and the work he did for us. We can clearly see this in Romans 5.8. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. End quote. As you can see, Christ didn't wait for us to start living better lives or wait for us to put in our best effort in order for him to come and save us. Christ chose to die for us when we were completely engrossed in our sin. And just like the parable of the lost sheep, where the shepherd leaves the 99 other sheep in order to save the one lost sheep that wandered off, Jesus came down to save your life specifically. That's the message of the gospel. He would have died for you and you alone. You are that precious to him. I hope this has given a basic summary of the gospel. There is so much more that we could dive into, and I encourage you to do so. That's the crazy thing about the gospel. It's simple enough for a child to understand, but deep enough that you can spend a whole lifetime diving into the complexities of it. Now that we know what this gospel is, we are specifically called to share this gospel message. We read in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, quote, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. End quote. As you can see from these verses, it's important that we share the gospel, since it was commanded by Jesus that we do. The gospel is the whole central message to the Bible. From the Old Testament waiting for and pointing toward a coming Messiah, to the New Testament showing us that Jesus is that Messiah who fulfilled all the prophecies. So in the coming weeks, we will start to dive into the many things that distract us from sharing this vital gospel message. I hope you will join me, and I will leave you with this one final verse. Romans 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus.